Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 726. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape, and they're free of charge. I have a very powerful message of direction, exact direction. Uh, you can check. Some people in the entertainment p- business that I know have told me that their dad was actually a gospel preacher, a Baptist gospel preacher, and he said that I would check the things that my dad was saying, and I found that they weren't in the Bible. And he says, but when I read and listen to Tony on, uh, read his literature and um, uh, listen to your radio broadcast, he was uh, telling Donnie Sumner that uh, he says, I don't even have to look anymore because I've checked Tony with everything he said and everything he says is from the Bible. And so what you're going to hear is directly the truth from God's word. His word is truth, and there's no need to try to believe anything else because anything else other than God's word uh, is false. And so we've got a very strong message I got from there and also some music and letters. Right now, let's pray. Father, anoint this program in the name of Jesus that souls may be saved and the body of Christ, the new Jerusalem, be edified and strengthened. Uh, Rebuke Satan in the mighty name of Jesus, and lift us up high, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Open all doors, uh, good doors for us, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Now, uh, we just came out of a recording session. We did five songs I did with the... uh, that's a big symphony orchestra from Europe, the Prague Symphony Orchestra from the Czech Republic, and also the um, choir, the Life Choir, and another choir, the Hollywood Choir. And so, um, and uh, like I said, we did five songs. One is My Tribute to God Be the Glory, No Man is an Island. And then uh, the one that we played, uh, we just did today with my son 16 year old son played lead guitar on it with the symphony orchestra and uh hb's choir uh the life choir and i was so proud of him because he's playing lead guitar with this whole symphony orchestra and recording at one of the top recording studios in the world if not the greatest recording studio and so here uh, I uh, am. Uh, he, uh, my boy, signed us and play on this one. This is my tribute to God be the glory. Father God, praise your holy name, Father God. I thank and praise your holy name. I never knew that you'd choose me in the last days to be the head of a worldwide work of God, preaching the gospel to hundreds of millions of people so that they could be led to glory and they would all give glory to you, Father God. None of the glory goes to me, Father. I give all my love and my praise. To you, Father God, be the glory. And I thank you, Father God. 
I say thanks for all the things you have done for me. Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am, or ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. God be the glory. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the thing. Has saved me with his power. He has raised me to God. Be the glory for the things he has done. Just let me live my life for you, Lord. Let it be pleased. And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. With His blood, He has saved me. With His power, He has raised me.
God be the glory for the things he has done. We're going to do another one of these songs, No Man is an Island, at the end of this program. I just uh, thought that you'd like the arrangements. They're beautiful. They were done by H.B. Barnum. And um, I, I love them. Now, we have, uh, we're in the the only book, uh, books that I haven't done completely, uh, was the book of Luke and the book of Revelation. This is uh, the book of Luke, according to the uh, gospel. Who, uh, who can... Who can we accept unto God's, uh, into God's church? Can we accept everybody? No, we can't. According to the gospel. Who is the Holy Spirit? Do you want to know? Well, the Bible tells us that it's Jesus. Jesus became the Holy Spirit after he ascended into the kingdom of God and he became the life-giving spirit. So Jesus really is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because these three are one. And there's not a, uh, a throne for God and a throne for Jesus. It says that he sits uh, on the right hand of God because Jesus, as a man, who is also a God-man, came into the earth as a human. And anyone that died will not admit that Jesus came into the world as a human being. As Reverend Hagee says, he had special blood and all this sort of thing. It makes God a liar. But Hagee, Reverend Hagee, you are a liar. What is my mission? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to straighten the word of God to people to where they can understand the reality. What good would it be for God to come into the world as God without being in human flesh? Real, honest to God, genuine human flesh and human blood and human bone. Probably, uh, well, it was around 65 A.D., God called a Gentile. This is the answers of all those three questions. He called a Gentile doctor to research and write two books about um, uh, the mission Jesus left behind for us to do. Luke uh, and the book of Acts, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Luke is a gospel seeking to show Gentiles and uh, social outcasts. And that's who God has called in these last days, is social outcasts. God called all these people, and they became goody-goody, and uh, to uh, uh, the, he invited them all to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And now they've all backslidden and saying that other things are more important to do than to be 100% into the gospel field. So God has uh, sent us into the world now to get a bunch of social outcasts together, their place, in, and to show them what their place is in God's kingdom. Led by God, they must be led by God's Holy Spirit. Luke showed cultured Gentiles why they should repent and follow a Jewish teacher uh, who is the Messiah, and what changes it meant for their lives. He says, you Gentiles have to believe the gospel as well. So you have to believe on Jewish Jesus, who is the God of the Jews. And now he's letting, finally he's letting the Gentiles into the body of Christ and will allow them to stay there if they continue keeping his commandments. 
and if they keep his kingdom here on earth as it is in the kingdom of heaven. So their lives, when they did, they uh, were able to be saved. He also shows the kingdom present in this world and the kingdom that's coming. So Luke shows Jesus fulfilled the expectations of Judaism. The Jews were expecting this Messiah to come into the world, but they wanted him to come with a rod of iron in his hand. This he's doing on his second coming. But he came into the world to die for the sins of the people. We all were sinners, and God isn't going to be the king over a bunch of sinners. He came, uh, that isn't what he wants. He wants all of us to be like him. He wants us all to be fitted into the true olive tree, which uh, Christ is. Christ is the true olive tree, and he's the true vine. If we're in Christ, then there, we're one of his branches. Uh, if we're uh, in Christ, we're one of the branches of the tree, the olive tree, which is Christ, and we're one of the branches of the vine. He said, I am the vine. My father is the husbandman. He gives you the nourishment from me, the word, so that you can continue with the life-giving spirit flowing in your veins and in your soul, in your spirit. And the mission of the prophets, uh, but uh, so he shows Jesus fulfilled the expectations of Judaism, which is, was the mission of the prophets. Uh, but Jesus was rejected. That's verse 1 through 4. Jesus, uh, Jesus is, uh, carried out, Jesus carried out his mission in faith. Well, he had to have faith too. Amen? Amen. So he carried out his mission in faith, love, which is the keeping of God's commandments, and forgiveness to sinners that come to him. Now, if you come to him and you're forgiven of your sins, and then you decide to go back into the world and think that you can commit murder every day and still be forgiven, uh, you haven't read the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that. That's verses 5 through 7. Now, God's kingdom offers awesome power to people of any social class who will believe but demands, Jesus demands commitment unto death. That's chapter 8, verse 1, through chapter 9, verse 50. The kingdom involves faithful ministry, full of faith ministry, faithful or full of faith ministry, and uh, witness to all people. Not just uh, goody-two-shoes, but to the worst people on the face of the earth. If you think that you're a notch above uh, the people on the earth, the characters out there, well, then you need to read the Bible because the Lord didn't come to save goody-two-shoes. Goody-two-shoes thinks he's already saved. He came to save sinners. Amen? Amen. Chapter 9, verse 51, and chapter 13, verse 21. The kingdom has surprising entrance requirements of uh, repentance. Total One of them is total allegiance. 
in humble trust in Jesus, the Word of God. Chapter 13, verse 22. Chapter 22, verse 7. Jesus exercised the authority uh, of the divine king in face, right as he was in the face of rejection, he was uh, zealous. Uh, he showed that he was the divine king of the heavens and the earth in face of rejection, betrayal, and death. That's chapter 19, verse 28, uh, chapter 22, verse 6. Jesus died as the true Passover lamb. Chapter 20, verse, verse 7. Chapter 23, verse 56. Jesus' resurrection is the gate to faith. If you believe that he was a man, that he kept a perfect life by the power of God that was in him, which we also are able to do, this is awesome power. We are able to have this awesome power in us. He said so, that we would even do greater works than he did. And his resurrection was the awesome power that he showed is the gate to faith. If you believe that, and uh, his mission, chapter 24. Luke invites all people by the Holy Spirit to accept Christ's administration standards and join in his mission for uh, all people, especially the poor and outcast. Outcasts never believe that they can be born again of the Spirit, that they can be one of God's people, that they can be actually become the fullness of God because God fills them up with his Spirit by their faith in Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and they get filled with the power of God. Now, this is chapter 1, verse 1. For as much as Dr. Luke says, as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most uh, surely believed among us. Well, he's saying that other uh, apostles have uh, taken in hand to show the different things that Jesus uh, said and did, which are most surely believed among us. And we know that it was surely believed because these prophets or these uh, apostles, rather, uh, willingly gave their lives up and went through torture and uh, imprisonment and malign character assassination and everything under the sun. If they didn't really believe the gospel, they would have thrown in the towel a long time before their death. And especially at the time when they were saying, Recant, oh, Jesus, or you die. Verse 2, even as they delivered them unto us, uh, they delivered these truths unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. I wasn't an eyewitness, but I've done all this research and talked to all these apostles and got this from them. And ministers of the word a minister means that we minister the word of God to people. We preach it. We teach it. Verse 3. 
It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first to write unto you in order, most excellent Theophilus. Verse 4, that thou might know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Verse 5, there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah and his wife was of the, and I have to turn the page, because I'm teaching right out of the Bible, folks. This isn't uh, some my opinion or my words. It's the word of God. The daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6, and they were both righteous. They did the right thing before God, walking in all the commandments. That's really something to do. Everything that the Lord commands. And we do that. Otherwise, uh, and if they do that, they're perfect. No matter what anybody tells you, we are able to be perfect. And the Bible keeps telling us of perfection and that God demands it. And he never demands us to do anything that is impossible. And his words, uh, his commandments are not grievous, but they're easy. And he's the ordinance, so they walked in the uh, commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Oh, so you say, well, you should be in the Holy Spirit. And you'll see that it's easy and light, Jesus said. Verse 7, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in in years or age. Verse 8. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, verse 9, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot or his uh, job was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. And uh, the whole multitude of the people were praying without at, uh, you know, outside, without at the time of incense. Verse 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, as standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Verse 13. But the angel said unto him, uh, because this was, uh, he feared God already uh, to keep his word, but the angel said, I don't want you to fear my presence here now because I want to tell you something good. Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Verse 14, 
and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Verse 15, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be um, filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That's when the spirit of Elijah moved into him. And the Lord said that he was Elijah. And so if people don't believe that, well, then you don't believe the Lord, and therefore you're cursed. Because by faith in what the Lord said, we're saved, and by doubt, we're damned. Verse 16, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Verse 17, And he shall go before him, in the before the Jesus comes, in the spirit and power of Elias. So he's going to be in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom or fear of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he was a front runner to straighten the word of God to the people in those days so that they could accept the Lord Jesus Christ when he made his appearance. And he was already going to be born around about the same time. Okay, now verse 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? He questioned the Lord. For I am an old man, and my wife, well, is just stricken in years. Verse 19, And the angel answered, answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that uh, stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. You're supposed to be happy. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb. In other words, you're not going to be able to speak. And not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Verse 21. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long or waited so long in the temple. Verse 22. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them because it was for sure God wanted him to know that this is a true thing. This is a big deal that uh, Elijah is coming back into the world to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And most people think that's no big deal. Like, for instance, that um, Enoch is coming into the world and people know that they're in his ministry and they don't pay much attention to him. But uh, the Lord wants to know it's a big deal that this John the Baptist is actually 
Elijah. And also the person that is Enoch knows who he is. And the Lord knows who he is. And the people in the church forget that because the general thing with people is is they forget the uh, awesome, incredible way that the Word of God is put together and is put there in a way that makes people, if they want to go to heaven, to remember who people are, that there are actual dignities of God that people are supposed to pay attention to. And if you start doubting, well, you know, he hasn't shown any big thing at this point. But John the Baptist didn't either. He was just baptizing people. And when, uh, but uh, Enoch is winning millions, hundreds of millions of souls to the Lord. And that's absolutely marvelous. You know, a lot of people get used to that in his church. And he's being called a cult more than anybody in the world, but he calls, he resists Satan's and calls Satan's church the cult. Verse 22, and when he came out, uh, he could not speak unto them. And they um, uh, perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. So then they thought that was very odd because he was talking before he went in there, but then after he doubted what the angel was telling him, he couldn't talk anymore, just like the angel said he wouldn't be able to. Verse 23, And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his uh, ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. Verse 24, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, they hide themselves because to them it was, uh, you know, they didn't want to show themselves that they were pregnant. Uh, Saying, verse 25, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Well, Espouse means that you're engaged to be married. In the Hebrew, once you're espoused to be married, you don't uh, dare look at another man. Uh, you don't dare have sexual relationships with him because this is a young virgin. She hadn't reached puberty yet. And uh, this man, uh, Joseph, was an old man because that's the way the Lord made it. He made it that young uh, maidens uh, could be espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And there is literature written of her that she was uh, more likely around uh, 11 to 12 
maybe 13 years old at the most, and she bore Jesus at the age of 12, 13, or 14 at the latest. And, of course, Joseph never had any sexual relationships with her. She, she was found uh, the pregnant. She was pregnant, and it was by the Holy Spirit. Verse 28, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, well, why is she highly favored? Does that mean that she's deity? Absolutely not. I'm highly favored by the Lord. The Apostle Paul was highly favored by the Lord. Uh, Moses was highly favored by the Lord. Aaron was. Uh, Ezekiel was. Uh, all of those people that have been called and chosen are highly favored in the eyes of the Lord. But that doesn't mean that we're deity Deity lives in us by the Holy Spirit, but we're not deity, and neither was she. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art, uh, art highly favored, uh, the Lord is with thee. Well, the Lord is with me too, and the Lord was with Moses, and the Lord was with every person of God. Uh, the Apostle Paul, Peter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Well, why is she blessed? Because God chose her to be the incubator uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to be deity. Doesn't say that at all. She's just highly favored and she's blessed. Blessed um, by the Lord. Blessed art thou among women. God never chose any other woman to have the Messiah. Just her. But that still doesn't make her deity. We're part of deity. All of us, we're members of Christ's body, but that doesn't make us uh, somebody to pray to. You still have to pray to God through Jesus and Jesus only. Verse 29, And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her um, mind. What manner of salutation this should be. Because she knew she wasn't deity. She's just highly favored among women. The Lord said that I was highly favored among men. He said Elijah was highly favored among men. He took him. Um, Enoch was taken because he walked with God. He was taken into heaven, but he has to come back and die. Uh, because it's appointed unto every man that ever was born and every woman and every child that you must die. It's appointed unto man once to die. You're not going to come back as another uh, agent or some kind of being, but it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this judgment, that's why we only have one shot at it. We only have one chance to receive the Lord and do his will in this world because we're not going to come back to try it again. Verse 30, And the angel said unto her, uh, You know you, you know that you have to fear God, that you keep his commandments. But in this case, I'm going to bring you tidings of good judge. So don't fear what, uh, what I'm going to say now. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And so have I been... Uh, uh, favored by the Lord, and Apostle Paul, Peter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive. 
in thy womb. Well, there's no God that has a womb. There's no female God. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And no matter how many people try to tell you that the Holy Spirit is the female part of God, that's crazy. Because that's the life-giving Spirit of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Well, if she were a God, how could she have a womb? And how could she conceive? And bring forth, as you're going to conceive, and bring forth a son. You're going to be a mother. And shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. He shall be great. When God says few, that means few. Eight people were saved from the flood. And now he's saying something is going to come through you, uh, through my Holy Spirit in you, as you're going to be the incubator, because he's got to be a real human. That's the only reason I could have picked anybody, but, you know, I like you. So he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He'll be the king of Israel, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. So this has got to be God himself because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the king of heaven and earth. And his kingdom will never end. It's forever and ever. And his kingdom, there shall be no end. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, Jesus' spouse to uh, Joseph. But she says, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I really haven't reached puberty yet. I'm just a young girl. So what did the angel say? And the in other words, am I going to have sex with my espoused man, Joseph? And this angel said, 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also um, that the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You're not God, Mary, but that is coming out of your womb. You're a woman, just a woman, a virgin. God is going to impregnate you, little young thing. Now, there's a lot of people today that say he should, God should be put in a prison for statutory rape. You people that think that should uh, 
Oh, just wait until you stand before God and see what he does with you. He uh, will do it to you just like he does swine, cast you into hell. Little monkeys. Verse 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, uh, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Okay, so he's uh, this young virgin is now conceived in her womb, and then this old woman is uh, just to show that God can do whatever he wants. Young girl, old woman, whatever. God is God, and nobody questions him and says, What doest thou? When God says that uh, he wants the young girls, the young women to be married and to conceive and have children to replenish the earth because the Lord is saying, I'm going to kill most of the people on earth. And so I still want uh, my seed, my people to be here. He'll do 250,000, half a million, a million people at one time. And he's just about to pour out his wrath on this earth where one-third of the earth population will be destroyed. And all the people that are not of the Lord are saying, well, we can't have any more children because uh, uh, we, if anyone that has more than two children should be put in prison. Well, you know what? Uh, if you don't repent of your filthy lying words, you're going to be in a burning prison for the rest of you, for all of eternity. And eternity never ends. So he's uh, impregnated this, uh, allowed her to have a baby, this old, old, dried up woman. And then all of a sudden, this woman that hasn't even reached puberty yet, uh, she, he's going to make a woman out of her. He's going to impregnate her. Well, I just think that's awful, you uh, satanic people. You don't care about the miraculous works of God. And that makes you devils. So, still, even after you've done these things, you can repent, if you will. Verse 7. And if you do, you're going to heaven. If you don't, you're going to hell in the lake of fire. Verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That is, if you believe him, but if you believe, no, that's not right. God's wrong, and I'm right. Well, you're in trouble. That's all I can tell you. Verse 38. And Mary said, uh, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let, I want to let you know, Father God. I want God to know that I and you, angel, I want you to know that I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. She believed the word of God. And the angel departed from her. And Mary, verse 39, arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. Verse 40. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. 
And it came, verse 41, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women. My Lord and my God, God has chosen you to be the incubator to bring forth the Messiah. You must have reached puberty. What are you, about 11 or 12 now? Because Joseph never had sex with you. You're a virgin. And this is a miraculous thing. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, a child, a God, man. Blessed art thou among women, just like all of us saints are blessed. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Yes, he is blessed. He's God come in the flesh. Verse 43. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord, she knew, Elizabeth knew that uh, she uh, was the mother of my Lord, should come to me. Oh, my God, this is some more than I can stand. Verse 44, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy because the spirit of Elijah entered into him there. This is miraculous. Everything that's happening is like uh, lightning and electricity. One miracle after the other happening. Verse 45, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance uh, of these things which were told her from the Lord. All right, well, um, I'm going to continue with this uh, in the next message, which may very well be right after this one. Sometimes I do two and three and four messages at a time. So uh, where's the first letter from? We have to read some letters. From San Diego, California. Okay, let's hear what they say. I have a full-page ad from San Diego Union dated November 12, 2006. You'll have to read faster because we're out of time. So informative and such precious information. At this time, you offered free a Messiah booklet of the 333 prophecies verses throughout the Old Testament. Do you still have copies of those? Oh, yes, we have truckloads of them just uh, right. And these are winning souls throughout the entire world by the thousands and millions. Okay, go ahead. I would really like to have one. Thank you and so much thanks to God for through his redemption and guiding spirit. Margaret Goldsmith from San Diego, California. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Then what? Then from Orissa State, India. Dear Sir, greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ from India. I am a student of Bible College. This is my final year. And whenever I come to my village, I preach the gospel among the poor people, and some are accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in my area. One day I got your Dry Bones newsletter from my friend. 
It gave more information about your ministry. I got salvation, encouragement, faith in God, and was blessed spiritually and emotionally. I want to start my ministry among the poor people, so I would like to receive more of your literature regarding dry bones and others, so I can distribute among the poor people and they can understand about Jesus Christ's true love and salvation. Please pray for my graduation in ministry. I will be praying for your ministry. I hope and pray you will send, if God provides, thank you, your brother in Christ, Alpha Rao from Orissa, India. All right, praise the Lord. Now, you know, the same thing, uh, in a sense, uh, happen, it can happen to you right now as it happened to Mary. Every time we become born again, the Spirit of God enters into us, and the Lord wants to mold us and make us into sons of God. The minute that he enters, the second that he enters into your body, you become, uh, as Mary was, the Spirit of God overshadows you. He enters into your body, and Christ is born in you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings Christ, the Father, and himself into you so that Christ is in you just as he was with Mary. But it's a spiritual situation uh, only but we still become sons of God because as we read the word of God and continue uh, reading it, uh, Christ has grown up in us and he is um, uh, becomes the fullness of Christ in us. And therefore, uh, this is such a miraculous thing that uh, will happen to you. And so uh, we need to um, pray right now uh, so that this can happen to you. It's just a simple thing that little children can understand. And they're saved all the time, little children. But you have to continue on. And that's where a lot of people, they just don't believe the simplicity of the gospel. And they lose their salvation, their soul, and their eternity in heaven for uh, thinking that you have to be a rocket scientist in order to receive the Lord. When it's just, come to me and I'll give you life. So say this to the Lord. Say to him, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. Father, enter in with Jesus and Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, um, I open the door of my heart and invite you in. Father, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, wash all my sins away. Make me a new creature. Uh, let me be grow up into the fullness of you, Father God, Lord Jesus, the fullness of Jesus Christ. You will not treat me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord and share and tell everybody in our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 726. It's free of charge. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 
That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is uh, World Pastor Tony Alamo. The Lord told me to pastor the world, teach the world the Word of God so that they can have a chance to get into eternity. So many false prophets, folks. All right, uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow for another powerful message to lead you to heaven. All right, this is uh, myself with the um, this huge symphony orchestra from Prague, Czech Republic, and the live choir to sing, No Man is an Island, No Man Can Stand Alone. You know, in these last days, many people think, that they can conduct their lives the way that they want to. But really, no man, I mean no man, no man can stand alone. We need the Lord. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. No man is an island, no man can stand alone, he needs faith as his guide to lead him to his throne. No man is an island, he may have wealth untold, but without peace of mind, the good is all his gold. A while ago, my world was a stormy sea. I learned to pray, and his hand reached out to me, can't you see, no man is an island, no man can stand alone, so have faith and you'll find a love that can't are the very last days. Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. We need to know that we can't do this alone. We need the Word of God. We need Jesus for our God. Remember that all the days of your life. A while ago a stormy sea I learned to pray, and his hand reached out to me. Can't you see? No man is an island. 
storm He'll hold out his hand 